to spend an evening with four of our sisters who have faced persecution firsthand. You will walk out of there ready to pray more fervently and serve more boldly. There's no greater thing to live your life for than to live for Jesus. We overcome by the word of our testimony. Jesus does call us to a life to live for him. Don't be afraid. I'm so proud of you guys. You watched the trailer this morning. That's great. Because last week you guys didn't pay attention one bit. You all were talking. You were fellowshipping. That's always a good thing. It's great to see everyone this morning. And isn't it great to have the joy of the Lord in your heart? If you know Him. And so tonight, um, I encourage you to come uh, to the movie. It'll be at um, 6 o'clock. We will start right at 6 o'clock, okay? And um, if you want to come and fellowship before that and bring something to eat and something for me, that would be great. It starts about 4.30. You can just text me. That's 205-937-7600. And I'll give you my order and you can bring it up here about, about 5 o'clock ought to be good. So, all right. So we are going to fellowship tonight if you want to do that before the movie and then we'll start the movie right at 6 o'clock. One of the things you may not know is that um, one of the families represented there, the Burnhams, uh, Bob and Judy Ambrosius actually uh, knew them and uh, had some time with them and so personal time with them. So that's always a good to know that kind of connection and um, uh, as we go into that movie tonight and hopefully um, you'll be able to make that uh, this evening at 6 o'clock. I wanted to um, finish our re- scripture reading in Proverbs uh, this morning, and so I'd like you to take your Bibles. I know you've been following along in chapter 15, and we're in verse uh, 23, and so as we read Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23, through uh, verse 33 uh, this morning will be our scripture that we want to consider. Um, it's important that we appreciate just the reading of scripture. And so this morning we have an opportunity to do that together. I'm going to ask that you would stand as we read Proverbs chapter 15, um, verse 23. A man has joy in an apt answer. And how delightful is a timely word. The path of life leads upward for the wise that he may keep away from Sheol below. The Lord will tear down the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. Evil plans are an abomination to the Lord, but pleasant words are pure. He who profits illicitly troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Bright eyes gladden the heart. Good news puts fat on the bones. He who 
whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. He who neglects discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word as we consider what he has written for all of us to, to hear this morning. All right, let's have a word of prayer as we begin this morning. Father, it is good, it's really, really good to be with other believers. It's a privilege to be able to worship together. It's a privilege that we have to be able to sing songs of praise to you. It's a privilege to be able to open your word and consider what you've given to us. It's a privilege and a great celebration to remember the life and death of our Lord Jesus Christ as we consider what Jesus did for us this morning as we celebrate not only his life, but we we celebrate uh, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for the privilege just to gather for a few moments this morning and to meditate on the things that are good, things that bring glory and honor to you. Lord, I pray that our minds and our hearts are here this morning. We're here in presence, but the question becomes, are we here? Have we prepared ourselves for this morning so that you and you alone might be honored and glorified? Thank you for those that are in this room. Thank you for those that are watching that could not be here today because of illness or travel. And I just pray that all that we do this morning would bring honor and glory to the person of Jesus Christ. And it's in his wonderful name that we pray. Amen. going to pick me up or do I need to pick it up mean to pick it up okay I'll pick it up can y'all hear me I am not Ron Garner I just wanted you to know that I'm gonna let you know where Ron is and where Denise is they're in the hospital uh didn't know if you knew that or not but Denise had yesterday she's got COVID and that's the big reason why Ron's not here is he doesn't want to give COVID to you but uh, she had a rap, rapid heartbeat, a racing heartbeat, and yesterday she was running at about 180 and would spike above that. And they think it's probably because of the COVID. She went in, or Ron took her in, and overnight they gave her different medicines, and they didn't want to give her too much because if they give her, Ron told me, we've been texting back and forth, if you gave her the big one, which I'm sure is some kind of medication, it might drive it too low. So they've been giving her different ones, and they got it down to about 80 by this morning. So maybe it's better than that by now. But she's feeling better, and uh, the COVID's not really affecting her too much. And I understand this COVID a lot of times doesn't affect you too much. But, uh, but her heartbeat was really important. I think she had an ablation about a week, a year ago, maybe. Somebody can tell me. Uh, so she's had some other heart, little heart things. So perhaps uh, we need to pray for her. Perhaps this uh, will go away with the COVID 
and that's what they're thinking. So uh, that's why he's not here this morning, and that's why you get to have me. Ron told me, he said, I looked at my team. He said, I said, uh, who, else, who can I call? And he said, look down the, down the bench, and uh, they're either on vacation or they're bees on, at work. And he said, way down at the end of the bench, there was Bill Knotts. <laughs> he said, well, he said, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So we're going to sing this morning. I have to ask you to stand, and we're going to sing uh, The Love of God. We'll sing the first and second verse and refrain, and then the third verse and refrain. seated and now David Howard's going to come and sing for us what's the name of it the cross alone in Christ, in Christ alone do you need this too you got it. Christ alone will I glory, though I could pride myself in battles won. 
I've been blessed beyond measure And by His strength alone I overcome And oh, I could stop and count successes Like diamonds in my hands But those trophies could not equal To the grace by which I stand In Christ alone I place my trust And find my glory in the power of the cross In every victory let it be said of me my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. In Christ alone will I glory, for only by His grace I am redeemed. Only His tender mercy Could reach beyond my weakness to my need And now I seek no greater honor Than just to know Him more And to count my gains but losses to the glory of my Lord in Christ alone I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross in every victory let it be said of me my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said, hope. Source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. My source of strength, my source of hope is Christ Thank you, David. Wow. That was really good, wasn't it? What a blessing it is to be able to have people in the congregation with talent to be able to sing praises to the Lord. We appreciate that so much. And uh, thank Bill for um, coming off the end of the bench. 
and um, stepping up to the plate uh, today, and we really, really appreciate that. We have a little bit different order this morning. Um, I'm going to preach now, and then uh, Bill will come back up and lead in a couple of songs, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper together. And so that'll give you a little bit of time to think through uh, what we will discuss this morning. I'd like you to take your Bibles and go with me to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. There is a word in Psalm 32 that you need to be aware of. And it's the word selah. Some say salah. The word itself, selah, means to pause and to consider. Now, I want you to think about the culture that we live in today. There aren't too many times when we are even allowed to pause and consider anything because we are so busy. We have so many things in our day and so many things in our week. To just take a few moments to pause is truly a challenge for many of us. I think oftentimes when talking about this subject, about mothers of children at home. And some of you recall those days when there weren't many moments to pause and consider anything because there was just so much to do with the kids and the family and so much pressure. And if you, if you had just one moment to pause and consider anything, it was truly a blessing. Well, the psalmist here, being David, wants us to pause and to consider. And so this morning, we're going to pause and we're going to consider the things that are written in the psalm. Psalm 32 may be a companion psalm to Psalm 51. And historically, we know the context of Psalm 51. Psalm 51 um, in its historical context, refers back to the sin of David with Bathsheba. And not only the sin of David with Bathsheba, but the sin of David in planning, in essence, the murder of Uriah. When one sins as a believer, there's a choice that we make. Do we confess that sin or do we cover up the sin and continue to sin and not ever deal with the sin? Or maybe it's a period of time before we deal with the sin. Did you know that it was up to at least a year before David confessed his sin to the Lord? That's hard for us to even fathom because we tend to put Bible characters so high that we almost make them non-human when the reality is that David had flesh just like you and I. And he had a life that he lived for the Lord. In fact, the Bible tells us that David had a heart for the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart, and yet he did these things. And we look and say, how in the world, Lord? And yet, in reality, all of us are saved by grace 
And we live by grace. And do you know what we continue to do as believers who've been saved by grace? Sin. We know that sin is displeasing to the Lord. And we know as believers, if you belong to Christ today, we know the importance of confession of sin, I hope. But this morning, as we go through this section together, we're going to have to contemplate confession. Is there something in my life, even this morning, as, as I stand here or as you sit there, that the Lord would convict us of in relationship to sin? The world does not like to even consider the word sin. In fact, there are even some churches that don't like to consider the word sin. But the Bible tells us that sin separates us from God. And that the only way that you and I can have relationship with God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are times in our fellowship with the Lord that it's interrupted because of unconfessed sin. So I know it's hard to hear this, but is there maybe some of that in our lives even as we come to this place today? And you're going to be thrilled as to what David says when one confesses their sin. I'm not going to deal with the entire psalm. We don't have enough time today. For me to make it through 11 verses would be a miracle. So we're going to deal with five verses this morning, the first five. If you were outlining, if you're one of those who <clears throat> likes to outline, in verses one and two, we're going to see the blessing of forgiveness. In fact, you could almost make the argument that this is kind of David's conclusion, but he begins with it. And he talks about the blessing of forgiveness. And then He's going to talk about in verses 3 and 4 the burden of silence. The burden of silence. And then in verse 5 he's going to talk about the bliss of confession. Verse 5, the bliss of confession. Do you know how long I had to look to find another B word? It took me forever. The utter bliss of confession is what he talks about in verse 5. And if you were going to continue, he gives instruction to his audience in verses 6 through 11. And I'll just mention this before we go back to verses 1 through 5. But in his instruction, he talks about praying to the Lord. He talks about resting in the Lord. He talks about trusting in the Lord. And then he concludes with rejoicing in the Lord. We want to begin in verses 1 and 2 with the blessing of forgiveness. And as we look at the blessing of forgiveness, we're going to run into some words for sin and some words for forgiveness. You're going to enjoy more the words of forgiveness than you will enjoy the words of sin. But we're forced to deal with what David says here. He says, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. There are four words here that he mentions for sin. 
The first one is the word transgression. Notice that in verse 1. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. These words are very important to know by definition because they're different words. And when you study the Bible, it's important to understand that. All of it may be under a label called sin, but there's different words for sin. One of them is sin. But the first one that David deals with is the word transgression. The word transgression means to cross the line. It means to cross the line. Who sets the standard for the believer? The Lord does. And at times, the believer crosses the line. But you know what's so... It's, it's incredible to think about. It's somewhat um, depressing to think about. But this word in its context, means to cross the line intentionally. It's not just crossing the line that God has set, but it's crossing the line intentionally. In other words, the person knows it's sin, the person looks at what God has said, and then they do it anyway. That ever happened to you? Anyone guilty in... This room besides Thad. When we know what God's word says, but we do it anyway. When we know what God's word says about forgiving others, but we have it in our mind, we're not going to do that. You ever had that cross your mind? You ever dealt with that on a personal basis? It may be the sin of covetousness. It may be the sin of lust, but we, we all know that the standards have been set up by the Lord. And do you know one of the things that can happen to you as a believer as you get older is you can grow to appreciate and love the fact that the Lord our God in setting the standard is trying to protect those that are His. Did you hear that? He wants to protect those that are His because sin not only is something that hurts us, but there's consequence at times in the lives of others. That happens. It happens in families. It happens in churches. So it's this transgression is, is here's the line. I know the line. I know what God says, but I'm going to do it anyway. Did David know what God had said? If indeed this is a companion psalm to Psalm 51, did he know the commands of the Lord? And the answer is yes, he knew. But what did he do? He stepped over the line anyway. Young people, can I talk to you just for a moment? Sin brings with it great consequence. Unfortunately, we sin. And we're going to continue to sin, young people. I, I can't say you're going to stop doing that. But I want you to hear this. The consequence of sin can be vast. It can touch different people that are in your lives. It certainly did with David. So the first word he uses here is the word transgression. The second word he uses is the word sin itself. Notice he says, whose sin is covered Many people know what the word sin means. It means to miss the mark. I like this definition. Falling short of what God intended. 
falling short of what God says. There's another definition for the word sin that I like that I didn't even know existed as I was doing my word study. It means to wander from the path. You say, what path? God's path. When I was in elementary school, one of the things that I enjoyed doing was walking to Brentwood Elementary School. Back in those days, you could walk to school, your parents could release you and not think twice about it. You remember those days? It was about a mile to Brentwood Elementary School in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And when I got old enough, my dad said, Thad, you can walk to Brentwood Elementary School. And I was like, yeah. And I would get my buddies in the neighborhood. We walked to Brentwood Elementary School. And do you know that when we turned the corner at the middle of our block, there was a path. It was worn down. You knew that path. And that path led to the school. Did you know that on either side of the path, there were tall weeds? What do children want to do sometimes? Veer off the path. Do you know it's the same in the Christian life? There are times when we know, we see clearly that path that God has designed for us, but we wander off the path into the weeds. That's the idea of the word sin here in this passage. The third word he uses is the word iniquity. This is a really tough word because... It means to be crooked. It talks about something that's crooked. Some of you in here have crooked noses. That's just the truth. Now, we don't walk around and go, this person has a crooked nose, and that person has a crooked nose, or look at my crooked nose. We don't do that. But the idea of the word is crooked. It's twisted. That's what the word means. It's twisted. It's being involved in something that's Crooked or something that's wrong. Do we understand what God has designed for us? When you think about the New Testament, if you're going to take a book, just one book of the Bible, and go through it, and you went to Ephesians, you would see all these blessings that God has given us in his son and through the spirit. And then you would come to chapter 4. And just before chapter 4. Paul talks about to God be glory in the church. And then in chapter 4 verse 1 he says therefore. And he talks about how the believer is to walk. And there are many things there. If you're just curious as to what God wants for your life. It's right there. And you know what? It's not just your life. It's my life. It's what God wants for Thad's life. And I know what it says. You know, one of the things that the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 4 is that the believer can grieve the Spirit of God. How does that happen? Well, in context, it's sin. Sin grieves the Spirit of God. God has laid out a straight plan for us. 
We are the ones that twist it. So, some examples of things that are crooked. Cheating on your taxes is crooked. Adultery is crooked. Foul language is crooked. According to who? You, Thad? No, according to the Bible. See, God has laid out for us the line that we are to live on. And you know what, guys? Can I give you some good news? The Lord does not intend for us to walk the Christian life alone. We can walk the Christian life with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you know what happens in an audience like this? People thinking you might be one of them going, wow, this is a lot to consider. And and, and Thad, I, I sin. Well, you know what? It is a lot to consider, and Thad sins too. But we walk by grace, just like we're saved by grace. We don't want to abuse the grace that God has given us. But when we know the standard and we know the line, it's our responsibility to embrace it. And so it's essential that we ask the Spirit of God to control our thoughts and our actions. Well, the next word that he uses is found at the end of verse 2. He says, How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. The idea is that there's truth, not deceit. The word deceit means to deliberately cover up something that is wrong. Have you ever had that happen in your life? Think back. Some of you teenagers won't have to think back. You may have to think recently. But, but our, us, us that are older, think back to the times when we were younger, when we did something that was wrong and we covered it up. And we typically covered it up with something else that was wrong. And we kept getting further and further and further away from the truth. The idea of the word here means to deliberately cover up something. What happened to Adam and Eve after they sinned? Do you remember? They hid. What were they doing? Covering up. Maybe the Lord won't find out. We're going to hide from him. How foolish is that? Because the Lord knows all things. So this word deceit means to deliberately cover up something. Well, enough of those difficult sin terms that we must consider. He then talks about words of forgiveness. You're going to like these words. The first word that he uses here in the text is the word forgiven. The word forgiven. Look what it says. How blessed is he whose transgression, remember transgression, deliberate sin is what? How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. The word forgiven here in the Hebrew means to be carried off or to be taken away. That's the picture, that one sin, when forgiven, is carried off, what a beautiful picture, or taken away. You know, there's a picture in the Old Testament of this word forgiven. 
And it's connected to the word scapegoat. Any of you heard the, the term scapegoat? A scapegoat takes the blame and everyone else goes free. The term comes historically from the sacrificial system that we have for us mentioned in the Old Testament. This is how it went. The high priest would select a goat, lay hands on its head, and confess the sins of the people. In ceremonial fashion, putting their sins on the head of the goat. And then the animal was sent into the wilderness as a picture of how God carried away sin. Isn't that nice to think of? That our sin is carried away. That God is the one that does that. So when we confess, our sin is carried away. And then he uses the word covered. Look what it says in verse 1. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now, this is another tremendous word. It means to put out of sight. To put out of sight. That the Lord takes our sin and he puts it out of sight. And he doesn't hold it against us. That's the idea of the word covered. Aren't you glad for that? Can we just take a moment to pause? No wonder David wanted us to pause and consider Wow, the Lord has covered our sin when we confess it to him. Ultimately, covered by what? As we know from the scriptures, ultimately covered by the blood of Christ. We ought to be standing and saying, Thank you, Lord, for covering when we confess The next word that he uses is the word impute. Notice verse 2. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. That word means to charge to an account or to charge to one's account. That verb is used in um, the book of Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6 in the context of Abraham when it says that Abraham believed the Lord and it was accounted to him, reckoned to him as what? Righteousness. And so here in this passage, it says, How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. You say, wow, how does that happen? Can you do something for me? I want to hear those pages turn. Okay, it's not going to come up on PowerPoint. So Isaiah chapter 53 How in the world is it that sin would not be charged to our account? Especially when you consider the context being the Old Testament and David writing and Christ is yet in the future. Isaiah wrote these words in Isaiah chapter 53. Verse 3, he was despised and forsaken of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. This is a look ahead to who? To Christ. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was 
pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our what? Iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him and by his scourging we are healed. Guys, we love grace. Grace cost. Cost. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on who? Him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shears. So he did not open his mouth. He was reviled, as Peter said, and did not what reviled in return. Someone was asking me this morning about communion and and I and I said those services for me are somewhat weighty. When we think about it, it is weighty, isn't it? It absolutely is. Well, the Bible tells us here. Verses 1 and 2 about the blessing of forgiveness. First, you have to understand the words of sin. He moves from the blessing of forgiveness in verses 1 and 2 to the burden of silence. And David here is recalling what took place. Notice what he says. When I kept silent about my sin. By the way, that little phrase, I kept silent It means to deliberately make that decision to do that. So he's saying, I made the decision to keep silent about my sin. And notice what he says. My body wasted away. There was a physical toil that took place as a result of David's sin. He says, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. It wasted away. So it affected him physically. Then he says, there was anguish. You say, Thad, where is the word anguish? It's the word groaning in verse 3. He says, through my anguish or through my groaning all day long. That word groaning has the idea of anguish, but anguish physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So his sin brought about a physical consequence, but it wasn't just physical, it was emotional. Isn't that what happens? Absolutely it does. It was not only physical, but it was emotional, and it was spiritual. David said here, When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day. But notice what else he says, verse 4. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. Notice he doesn't say for by day or for by night. What's he saying? All the time. All the time. Day and night. All the time, your hand was heavy upon me. 
the picture that some theologians believe this, this, this um, evokes is one where a person has weights on their chest. You ever lifted weights? When I was in school, back in high school, back in the 19-something, you know, nowadays kids, they get a joke, kick out of, Pastor, when did you go to school? Back in the 1900s? I was like, yeah, 1978 to 1982. And one of the things that you wanted to accomplish as a football player or baseball player or basketball player, because guys wore the shirts, the 200-pound club, which was bench pressing 200 pounds, taking those weights off your chest and putting them up and holding them. Do you know who never got a 200-pound T-shirt? You're looking at him. I think I weighed about 130 to 35 pounds when I was in high school. 28 in the waist. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine. Right? These people nowadays, they wear these skinny jeans. And I've had people tell me, Pastor Thad, don't ever wear skinny jeans. Well, you don't have to worry about that. I can't fit in those things. But the picture here is of weights on a chest. Well, that's what David says. He says, night and day your hand was heavy upon me. And then notice what he says. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. You know what he's saying in that phrase? I had no energy. I had no strength. That's what sin does when we're silent about it. It can, it can have, it can have physical effects. It certainly does bring about emotional and spiritual effects in the life of believers. That's what David says. So he talks about the blessing of forgiveness, the burden of sin. And then he talks about in verse 5, the bliss of confession or the utter blessing of confession. Notice, guys, this is really important you see this. This is not very complicated. Sometimes we can, in Christian circles, make doctrines very complex when they are very simple. Do you know that in verse 5 we are told that David confesses his sin? A good thing? A good thing. Well, notice what it says. He says, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Isn't that what we as believers are to do? Answer, yes. You say, well, then what? 24 things. There aren't 24 things here. The Bible tells us he confessed to the Lord his transgressions. And what does it say? You forgave the guilt of my sin. Did it take five minutes or 25 minutes or several statements made by David? No. He confessed his transgressions. And the Lord forgave him. 
Do you like that? People make confession of sin so difficult. But it is something we should consider. We shouldn't (coughs) take this lightheartedly. I like what C.S. Lewis (coughs) says about this piece of confession. He says, it is essential that we use old-fashioned, simple language when confessing sin. (coughs) I was like, hey, I like that. And he followed it up with this, meaning, Lord, I did this. Lord, I said this. Lord, I coveted this. In other words, what C.S. Lewis is saying is just simply confess what you did. I hope that we will consider these words because at the end of verse 4 and at the end of verse 5, after David speaks about the silence, the burden of silence, And after he speaks about the confession of sin, he says, Salah. Meditate on these things. So I would encourage you this morning, before we come to the table, that if any of us have been silent about our sin, that we would confess that to the Lord and expect forgiveness. Did you know there's a companion um, passage in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9? What did John say about himself and the apostles and believers? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Martin Luther said this, and then I'm done. Sin has but two places where it may be. Upon your neck or upon the Lamb of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so, so much for Psalm 32. We're not sure exactly of when... David was talking about these things. It could have been in relationship to his sin with Bathsheba and that of Uriah. We don't know for sure. But what we do know for sure is that David understood the blessing of forgiveness. He understood the consequence of being silent about his sin. And he understood the bliss, the joy that with confession comes forgiveness. Help us as we come to the table this morning that we would think on and meditate on these words. We pray all this in the precious name of Christ. Amen. With that, I just want to say one thing before we sing the next song, and that is... I still weigh 135 pounds. <laughs> and I'm proud of that. Some, I get up around 140, but that's where I stay, which I'm little, and I've always been little. But that's just the way it is. So I've got a story I'm going to tell you after we sing this song.
Uh, we got a message from our son-in-law last night. I'm going to tell you that story. But first, we're going to sing a song, and I want you to stand up again. And we're going to sing, Crown Him with Many Crowns. about you but COVID took my breath away and I haven't found it since I had COVID but I work on it and uh, I'm just glad that the Lord continued to give me breath. I'm going to tell you a little story if I can get it up on my computer here. My son-in-law sent us something last night and uh, I wanted to share it with you all because it's just see I got to go to that and then it's supposed to be saved and then uh, it's not there. I may, have to, I may have to tell you the story. Uh, oh, can't find menu. Uh, can't find menu. Can't, uh, they're saved. And it says more recent or most recent or collections or here, I'll give it to you and you see if you can find it. I'll start it off. <laughs> I can't find it. I don't do Facebook at all. I don't do Facebook at all. Oh, it's a, oh okay showed up <laughs> thank you lord the story goes my son-in-law uh, sang with several groups and he really got tired of it and he's traveled and traveled and traveled and i mean all over the place they've been to washington dc they've been to hawaii they've been on boats and ships and stuff like that but, but he drives every week and he had to go up to nashville he drive up to nashville and and they would uh, go up somewhere on the bus and sing and it may take several days or it may take a couple or it may come back that weekend. So he got tired of it. He hadn't worked for a, for a year. And my daughter worked and she was doing okay, but she wasn't doing 
as well as need be. And so their finances were getting tight. And so he decided to go back and sing again. So he got, he got an offer. A group called him from Texas Star. And they said, we want you to come sing with us. And he said, what kind of music do you sing? And they said, well, we sing gospel music. And uh, so he's, that's what he sang. So he said, okay, I'll, I'll consider it. Don't you go away. Stay on there. And so I want to read you what he sent us last night, and then I just want to share a little thing with you here. This is what he sent us. This is a picture. It's a picture of a girl sitting on a horse. I don't know, 14, 15, 16 years old. Probably about 14, I'm guessing. This picture is so special. Last night we were invited to perform at a cowboy church. I asked Sad, I said, what's a cowboy church? He said, well, it's out in the country, and there's farmers and all, and they have churches, and a lot of times they just have it at a arena, a horse arena or whatever. That's what they do. They have horses and cows, and so that's where they, you know, what they do. So they were invited to a cowboy church inside their riding arena. While we set up, this young lady was riding her horse around the arena. We assumed she was with the church. She stayed for the concert. They sang. She was all the way in the back of the building and remained on her horse for the entire event. About an hour. So she sat there on her horse. She likes her horse, I guess, and she enjoyed that. We sang some good country music, but we're also able to share the gospel with them. That's what they do. Matt, who is one of the singers, there's four singers, Jeremy is one of them, our son in law, shared about why they do what they do. Lost my place, which is making music for the whole family and also to sing at places gospel groups don't go and tell people about Jesus. And Matt shared about Jesus, and he shared his testimony, and he shared the gospel. After the concert, the young lady found the pastor of the cowboy church and said she'd like to accept Jesus into her life. Hmm. He told us that she didn't know there was an event. Or she told, yeah, she told us that we. She didn't know there was an event that night. She was just there to ride her horse. She was coming just to ride and decided to stay. He told us that his church knew her and had been praying for her for two years. Friends, that's what it's all about. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. But that is what it's all about. What I want to read that to you was because it affected me. And I share the gospel with people. And I want you to share the gospel with people. And I'll ask you this. How did your life change when you came to know the Lord? Huh? How? Because that's what they want to know. Yes, they need to know the gospel. But they want to know how you change. Now, you need to think about that. Because someday somebody's going to ask you, okay, you want to give me this gospel message. How did it affect your life? That's what they want to know. Now, the Spirit of God is going to change, can change them, and he will. And I know that because you and I both know that. But they would really like to know how it changed you. What did it do to you? That's practically what they want to know. So I'm asking you. And because of that, I'm just saying, you know, why did Jeremy join this group? 
Now, it wasn't Jeremy that, that, that did it this time, but that's what they do. They sing, and then they share the gospel, and they go to places where people don't go. They go to rodeos. That's where they go. This wasn't a rodeo. And they, go, and they sing at some churches. They do that too. But I'm just asking you, share the gospel. You've got a friend. You've got a neighbor. You've got somebody, you know. You know, and it, you know, statistics, I don't know about statistics. They say people need to hear the gospel maybe even seven times. I don't know if they hear the gospel, but I think they hear little things about the Lord that makes them more. The Lord woos them to himself. And then they just need you to put the period at the end of that. And the Holy Spirit does that. But you need to share the gospel. So I'm just asking you. I wanted to share that story with you because that's just special for Joy and I because our son-in-law didn't know why I went back to singing. He hates singing now because he's got to ride on a bus forever and ever and ever, and then they go and they sing. Now, he enjoys the singing part. He enjoys what they get to do. But to get there and to get back, you know, it just seems like forever. I wanted to share that with you. How did it affect you? Think about it. And then be able to share that with somebody else. All right. I'm lost. Okay. Uh, we're going to sing another song. And this is, we're only going to sing the two verses of this. Oh, come let us adore him as we get ready to serve communion. So let's go ahead and sing. You may remain seated. Thank you, Bill, and uh, we appreciate you sharing with us. If I could have the elders and deacons who were asked to uh, come and serve this morning come to the front. And as they do, I wanted to um, read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I wanted to remind us, first of all, from 1 Corinthians 11, that the Lord desires that we examine ourselves. And so maybe it would be, have been good to have a word after that pause, right? Consider. And so um, I want us to pause and consider uh, our relationship before the Lord, our fellowship before the Lord. Um, what does that look like today? Maybe you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you didn't know today that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin on the cross at Calvary. And by trusting in Christ and what he did for you, you can have everlasting life. Um, 
Every person has everlasting life. It's just where are you going to spend eternity? And so uh, I wanted us to, before we um, partake of the elements this morning, in celebration of our Lord and what He accomplished for us, I want us to just have uh, some moments of silence and just a time um, of contemplation uh, before the Lord. So let's bow together. Along with David, Lord, we rejoice that when we confess our sin, you forgive us. And so I pray that as we partake this morning of the bread, that we would remember your body that was given for us, that we might have the hope of eternal life. And I pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.
Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so as we take the bread this morning, remember the body of our Lord. I'm going to ask Steve Bartlett to pray for Jesus this morning as we take it. Lord, if we ever needed a demonstration of love, this is it. That you shed your blood for us when we didn't even love you. Mm. And we know that we don't measure up in the Christian life. But because of grace, we have a sure future, a promise based on your love. May we partake of this wine in remembrance of you. In your name we pray. Amen.
The Bible says, in the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, this blood is the new covenant in my blood. Um, no more sacrifices necessary. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so as we take the juice this morning, we remember the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for the remission of sins. We're going to sing one more song. And after that, you will be dismissed. We're going to sing the power of the cross. What was the power of the cross? Somebody tell me. We just partook of the communion. What's the power of the cross? The blood. The blood? Okay. What did the blood do? Covered your sins. And what was Thad talking about earlier today and what David did? We're all going to sin. But that blood covers our sin. So we're not going to sing a big ending. We're just going to sing a verse of the power of the cross. Because that power was to save you if you accept what Christ did on that cross. Okay. You can stay seated. We're going to sing that song. You are not dismissed. <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll they'll turn me on there, but okay. <coughs> you're not dismissed. <laughs> All right. Well, um, this morning we want to uh, remember the Africa team gets back tomorrow. Praise the Lord, and uh, we're excited about that. If you haven't seen on Facebook, Teresa had a birthday while um, she was over there, and. Amber asked me if they could throw water on her, and I said, absolutely. So I may be in trouble. I have a few more hours of, of freedom uh, before she gets home. But uh, you guys pray for those returning. And then uh, we also want to take opportunity to close in prayer this morning, praying for the Scotland team. So are the, is, 
are any members of the Scotland? Okay, you guys come come up front, please. This is Bo and Becky Jaton, and this is Ann Lynch. Okay, and so these guys are going. I believe they're meeting up with some others and going to Scotland. And so we want to pray uh, for them as they go. Um, Pray the Lord will give you a great time, opportunities to share uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus, all right? Let's stand and let's pray uh, together. And you come up after I pray and let them know you're praying for them, okay? And Father, we thank you so much again for the opportunity we've had to consider some things today. To consider what your word says about forgiveness the blessing of forgiveness. Thank you so much. We also have been able to sing songs of praise to you. I thank you that we can make a joyful noise um, to you. And this morning as well, we want to pray for the team going to Scotland, for Bo and for Becky and for Ann. I pray for their safety. I pray for their opportunities that are in front of them, that you will give them a boldness to speak about the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the only way to the Father. And so we just commit them to you, and I pray for them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now you are dismissed. Oh, yeah.